Hi guys, welcome to the Reach and Inspire podcast. This is Irena, your host. On today's episode, I'm talking about how I'm learning to stay the course of marriage after the honeymoon period is over. This is based on an article I wrote in Reach and Inspire magazine and is currently published online at www.reachandinspiremagazine.com. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hi guys, welcome to the Reach and Inspire podcast. I'm Urena, your host. In the current issue of Reach and Inspire magazine, I wrote an article for the love and relationships section titled, Stay in the course after the honeymoon period is over. And this is what I want to talk about today. But first of all, I'd like to share what I'm thankful for. Today, I'm thankful for the weather. If you live in the UK, um, you probably would have been enjoying a lot of sunshine in the past week or so. And um, it's been amazing. The sun is finally out. It's so nice to be able to get some proper vitamin D. It's nice to sit out in the sun, um, sit in the garden, relax. And, you know, we can't really do this when the weather is not so great. So I'm just really thankful for some sunshine. So to today's topic, how do you stay the course of marriage when the honeymoon period is over? First of all, before I continue, I just want to acknowledge or, you know, really be the first to admit that I don't have it all um, worked out. I don't have all the answers and I'm not pretending to. I haven't been married for very long. Um, I've actually been married for about three and a half years, but I've learned a few things in those three and a half years of marriage. And I would really like to share um, from my experience. And I believe that whether you're married or looking to get married at some point, this episode will be of some importance to you. So like I said, I've been married for three and a half years now. And whilst we've had our ups and downs, you know, like all couples, we've mostly had a great time. Um, When we were dating and after we first got married, everything was exciting Everything was romantic and it really felt like a dream come true um, because I'd been single for so long or well, what felt like a really long time anyway. Um, we had a great honeymoon. We went to St. Ives for a few days straight after the wedding. And then um, a few months later, we went to Thailand for a couple of weeks and it really was like a dream. Um, I think also because we didn't live together before we got married. Even just living together was really exciting. (laughs) Now, I know a lot of people um, say that the first year of marriage is the hardest, but for us, it actually didn't seem that hard and we just really enjoyed ourselves. But by the time we were well into the second year of our marriage, um, we realized that things were not all rosy and romantic. I mean, marriage was still great and we enjoyed each other and enjoyed spending time together. But I think challenging situations that we were facing, um, some of which I share in the previous episode on vulnerability, um, meant that we had to have some really difficult conversations. And if you know me well, you know that I don't like confrontation. And um, for me, I found this really hard to deal with. 
Um, I wanted to feel um, in love <laughs> all the time, um, but that simply was not the case. I loved my husband for sure, and I knew that he loved me too. But I began to realize that our honeymoon phase was disappearing gradually. Now, most of you listening to this probably won't be at all surprised by what I'm saying. If you're married, especially, you know that this is not unique to me and my husband. In fact, it's well documented that after about two years into a marriage or a relationship, that in love feeling begins to disappear and the couple are faced with the realities of marriage. But the good news is that this is not a bad thing at all. It's completely normal. It's to be expected. Um, And I knew this before I got married. But I have to say, I was still disappointed when I realized that it was happening, when I realized that we weren't, um, you know, the two (laughs) um, excited um, lovebirds like we were when we first started dating or when we um, first got married. So today I want to share a bit about how I learned or how I'm learning to stay the course of marriage, even though the honeymoon phase, so to speak, has passed. And when I say stay the course of marriage, I'm talking about, you know, the commitment that is marriage, especially a Christian marriage. So number one, um, and before I carry on, um, I'm going to just share three points. Um, I share five different points or tips in the article on the magazine. So if you want to know what the other two points are, then um, if you can have a look at the article on the magazine website, it's www.reachandinspiremagazine.com. And I'll put the link in the show notes as well. Okay, so number one, I remember I married you. And this is taken from a book by a guy called Walter Trubbish. Now, I'm not sure I I pronounced that correctly, but um, it's a book that was titled or that is titled I Married You. I read this book years ago, um, even before I got married, actually. And essentially, it says to expect changes when you get married. You'll change. Your partner will change, too. And things won't always be rosy. But the fact is, this is the person you married, okay? Um, And you had good enough reasons to think that they were the person you wanted to spend the rest of your life with. So for me, I choose to remember that I married this man with all his quirks, with all his mannerisms. And in doing so, I also married the person that he is becoming and the person that he will be in the future, I know this can be difficult for some people. I know people who have married one person and, you know, in marriage, that person has turned out to be someone completely different, nothing like they expected, nothing like the person that they they thought they married. But like I said at the beginning, I don't have all the answers. But what I would say, especially if you're still single, is that you do your due diligence and pray before you decide to marry someone. Okay, so that's the first point. I remember I married you. I married this guy. I made a choice. um, And it's worth remembering why I chose to marry him. 
Okay, so the second point um, that helped me stay the course of marriage is remembering my vows and that love is a choice. Okay, so if I just deal with love is a choice first, you know, um, I think anyone that's been in love <laughs> before, you will know that, you know, you have this, um, you know, all these feelings, really exciting feelings, nervous feelings um, that are amazing, um, that make the relationship just really exciting, especially at the beginning of the relationship. Now, I think the problem comes when we equate that feeling of being in love with actual love okay um I don't know if you might have watched you know the um actually I don't know if I should say this but there's a, a program on Netflix um a dating show where the couple one of the couples talk about butterflies in you know in their stomach and um, and the girl is like, oh, I don't, the, my butterflies have gone. And, you know, it almost feels like she didn't feel like she loved him anymore. And I remember thinking, but that's not love. Nothing, love has got nothing to do with butterflies in the stomach. Um, but, you know, that's what we do. That's what a lot of people do. We equate that exciting feeling that we have at the beginning of a relationship with love but actually, that's not what love is at all. Love is a choice. Um, love is sacrificial. The ultimate um, expression of love is actually sacrifice. You know, like Jesus um, sacrificed himself for us. That's the ultimate expression of love. And even in the Bible, it does say, you know, greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his brothers or for his friends, um, which is what Jesus did for us. But I remember when things are tough in marriage and when I'm thinking, God, <laughs> it was not supposed to be like this. Um, I remember that love is a choice. It's not about how I feel. Um, we can't always trust our feelings. Our feelings change from day to day. They change based on circumstances. They change based on sometimes just what side of the bed we get up in the morning and um, but if we remember that it's a choice, so every day I say to myself, you know, I'm choosing to love this man, I'm choosing to take care of him just as he takes care of me, I'm choosing to support him, I'm choosing to encourage him, um, I'm choosing to honor him, you know, to respect him. That's what love is, and it's not always easy, obviously, but that's just something that I try to actively remember. The other thing is about vows. You know, a vow is not meant to be broken, right? And in the Bible, it actually says that it's better to not make a vow than to make one and break it. So when my husband and I were doing our pre-marriage course, we decided that we would go for the traditional marriage vows. Um, and we talked about what aspects of the traditional Anglican wedding vows meant the most to us. I remember that for me, it was the bit that goes forsaking all others. And for me, that meant that after God, my husband came before anyone else. Okay, during our wedding, which was great, but a blur in many ways, I tried to really concentrate. Um, this is during the marriage ceremony. I tried to really concentrate and be present during the vows so that I wasn't just going through the motions. 
So when I find things tough in marriage, I remember that I made vows to this man. And as a Christian, it means that I made vows to God as well. So I asked the Holy Spirit to come alongside me and us and to give us the grace to keep going um, and thereby actually fulfill our vows to each other. And number three um, is date night. So one of the things we learned when we did the pre-marriage course was the importance of having regular date nights. At the beginning, we struggled to do this because, you know, other stuff just gets in the way. But for the past year or so, we've tried to make sure we have date night at least once a week. And it doesn't have to be expensive. Actually, um, the unfortunate coronavirus situation means that, you know, there's nowhere for us to go for date night. So we have to plan something to do indoors. Now, um, it's a great way to save money. Um, but some of what we do is, we you know, obviously we can have takeaways if we want. Um, we've had candlelit three course meals. Um, we do sometimes games night. Um, we also do an online pub quiz. Um, sometimes we'll listen to a podcast together or watch a movie together. But the main thing is that we have that designated time set aside to spend with each other. And this has really helped us to connect and to draw closer to each other. Um, and I just think date night is great because, you know, for us, we, you know, we put it into our, our diaries or our, our calendars, a shared calendar. So we know it's the same night every week. We don't book anything else. Um, and that time is protected. So, you know, if we, if something came up, obviously outside of coronavirus, if something came up, for example, maybe um, some friends want to meet up or, you know, a program or whatever, we actually check with each other first before we um, decide to take on another appointment if it's date night. Okay. And I feel like for us, making that night special um, has been really important for our relationship um, because we're able to just sit down, um, you know, look look at each other face to face. Um, I mean, you know what I mean? Life can just be so busy. Work can be busy, draining. Um, but we, because we set the, the time apart, we know that, okay, at least one night this week is just me and you and, you know, we can actually dedicate this time to each other. Obviously, we spend time <laughs> together the rest of the week. But, you know, this is like a special time that, you know, we don't, um, you know, we don't take it lightly. And it's really made a difference in our in our marriage. So um, those are the three things I wanted to share. Um, like I said, there's a couple more points, but if you want to see what they are, then um, just have a look at the article. So my challenge for you today is this. If you're a couple, then I want you to incorporate date night into your routine if you're not doing so already. If you're already married, my challenge for you is to go through your marriage vows again. So you might have written your own vows, you might have used the traditional vows, but just go through your marriage vows again. Talk about what those vows mean to you or to each of you. And maybe discuss how those vows have become a reality in your marriage. You know, like one of the, actually it's a difficult um, 
thing to say in vows. I don't I don't know if we always realize what we're saying is, you know, in sickness and in health. And it's easy to say those words until you're married and your your partner or your husband or your wife um suddenly is ill, you know, um maybe with a long-term illness, maybe short-term illness, whatever, when it's not something that you either of you expected. Like we all go into marriage you know, thinking or hoping at least that we wouldn't face those kind of issues. But the fact is that, you know, we do, a lot of people do. So, um, yeah, just talk about what, you know, how those vows have become, you know, more real in your marriage. And if you're single, and because I don't want anyone to feel left out, I want my single friends and single listeners to, you know, also take something from this. Um, My challenge for you is slightly different, and I really had to think about this one. I want you to think about a situation or a project that you're working on, that you're committed to, and write down three things you can do or that can help you stay the course and keep going when you encounter challenges with that thing. Okay, so for example, if you're doing a course, maybe a degree or something, one of the things that can help you keep going is to list the doors or the opportunities that can be open to you when you get certification for that course. Okay, so having that in mind is something that can help you to just stay the course, you know, of the course (laughs) and just keep going. Okay, so I hope that makes sense. So as always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I've had some amazing feedback from some listeners and I always love to hear um, what people think of the podcast and how they're finding it helpful or how it's encouraged you. Um, Please let me know. Like I said, you know, you can follow me on any of the um, social media platforms that um, I'll put in the show notes as well. Don't forget to subscribe, to rate, comment, share the podcast so that others can listen as well. I'm just going to share a quick prayer before I close. Father God, I thank you for another episode of this podcast. And I just want to pray specifically for married couples that might be listening to this and maybe struggling currently in their marriage. I pray, Lord, that you would give them the grace to keep going, to stay the course I pray that you will guide them in the things that they can do to um, improve their marriage, no matter how long they've been married for. And for everyone else listening, married or not, I just pray, God, that you will help us to stay the course of the path that you've um, laid out in front of us and that you give us the grace to not give up um, when things are hard. Thank you, Lord, for I know you've heard me. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye, guys, and see you on the next episode.